Welcome to the I Heard Your Review Movies podcast. This week we're changing up our normal slate of reviewing movies. Uh, This week we're going to deviate from that for one podcast and review some of the popular TV shows and documentaries on your available streaming platforms. In this podcast we review Cobra Kai, Schitt's Creek, Big Shot, Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and The Last Blockbuster. We also have reaction from this year's Oscar telecast and winners, plus more exciting movie theater and drive-in news. So pop your favorite popcorn, grab an icy beverage, and join us for the podcast. We want to thank everyone of our listeners from around the world. We are always looking for feedback, please contact us on our Facebook page, Twitter at Heard Movies, that's H-E-A-R-D, Movies, and Instagram at I Heard Your Review Movies. Coming soon to TikTok. Want to be a guest reviewer? Please contact us at any of our platforms, if interested. So here for LaRusso Auto. We are chopping prices on all of our inventory. Johnny? I knew it was you. This is Johnny Lawrence. He and I go way back. Oh, this is a guy who's ass you kicked. Well, if you want to get technical, I kicked his face. <laughs> hey, where you going, come oh, I didn't know you guys were trying to buy beer. I'm full. <laughs> hey! Watch your car, man. Get the hell out of here, loser. <laughs> Was that like Taekwondo or something? It's karate. Do you think you could teach me? I'm driving home from work yesterday, and in this strip mall, I see... After 30 years, I thought that guy might have changed, but still the same prick. I heard you beat up a bunch of teenagers. I didn't beat up any teenagers. I kicked the crap out of a bunch of assholes who deserved it. Thinks he could bring Cobra Kai back to the valley? Not on my watch. You want those kids at school to keep dumping things on your head? You want all the girls to think you're a wangless dork? You're gonna be my karate teacher? No. I'm gonna be your sensei. I'm gonna teach you the style of karate that was taught to me. A method of fighting your pansy-ass generation desperately needs. Okay, let's see what you got. She's a girl. And? I'm sorry. Are you okay? Girl's a natural cobra. Johnny, you and I, this, we aren't done. So the first show that I decided to review uh, is a very popular show that started on YouTube TV, and for whatever reason, YouTube TV decided to sell the rights to the show after two seasons to Netflix, which is where it currently is, and fourth season is coming in 2022. It is Cobra Kai, the continuing story. From the Karate Kid trilogy. And it takes place 30 years after the events of the 1984 All Valley Karate Tournament and finds Johnny Lawrence on the hunt for redemption by reopening the infamous Cobra Kai Karate Dojo. And then he has all the problems that come with it, with surprises along the way. 
William Zabka returns as Johnny Lawrence. Ralph Macchio returns as Daniel LaRusso. Mary Mauser plays Samantha LaRusso, Daniel's daughter. Courtney Hennigler, I probably butchered that last name, uh, plays Amanda LaRusso. Zolo Maraduena plays Miguel Diaz, a student in the show. Tanner Buchanan plays Robbie Keane. Peyton List plays Tori Nichols. And Martin Cove returns as John Kreese. And, of course, you have other students that are in the show as well. This show has had three total seasons so far. Uh, story evolving rather quickly throughout. Uh, the first season dives into Johnny Lawrence down on his luck. Daniel LaRusso thriving with a car dealership that he owns multiple car dealerships in the Valley. And Johnny Lawrence is down on his luck and runs into Miguel Diaz, who becomes a student of his and motivates Johnny to reopen Cobra Kai. And much to Daniel LaRusso's chagrin, uh, and basically the first season's going through uh, Daniel's determination to shut down Cobra Kai and Johnny Lawrence's determination to keep it going. And really, you know, shows the Johnny and Daniel rivalry is alive and well. And by the end of the first season, spoilers if you haven't seen the show yet, but most people have, um, John Kreese returns when he hears Cobra Kai is resurging in the valley. And that's basically what season two starts going into. Season two is about... John Kreese really putting a stranglehold on Cobra Kai as his own, while Johnny has to prove to John Kreese that Cobra Kai is not his, and Johnny is trying to battle for ownership of Cobra Kai. And meanwhile, the students from both Daniel Russo's dojo that he creates based on Cobra Kai existing. He creates Miyagi-Do and reopens Miyagi-Do. Uh, the students are at each other's throats at school. You know, their rivalries intensify. And a terrible tragedy happens at the end of the season. I will not go into detail on that. And then season three continues right off of where season two ended with the students battling each other still, John Kreese still trying to get control of Cobra Kai from Johnny Lawrence, where Johnny and Daniel have to team up to defeat John Kreese. So just a very well-written show. Uh, would never have a million years thought that a show like this could have been created. But John Hurwitz, Hayden Schlossberg, and Josh Heald uh, you know, do a phenomenal job on this. Uh, it is something that for a long time was a dream, but they got, you know, YouTube to buy into it and it became the number one series on YouTube. Uh, and then YouTube really, for whatever reason, decided to deviate away from creating television shows and movies, at least not as much as they used to. Uh, where they sold a lot of their creative control over these TV shows that they had. And Netflix scooped it up, and it's one of the top-rated shows on Netflix now. And looks to be going strong here in Season 4. I'm not sure how long this show can go on for, but it is just fascinating to watch the development of these characters from being kind of one-dimensional, two-dimensional characters in these movies to really becoming very three-dimensional characters and characters that you can relate to. Uh, right currently, it's 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb, 8, 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. This is one of the best shows on television right now. Uh, all three seasons so far have been good, and I highly rate it. I rate Cobra Kai overall 3.5 out of 4 stars. Definitely seek it out. The first two seasons are still available to watch for free on YouTube. 
Uh, and then after that, season three is available on Netflix, but Netflix has all three seasons as well. If you have Netflix, definitely seek out this show. It's just a phenomenal show and they do a great job. Revenue. There are people here from the government. Baby, it's crazy. People are just like taking our stuff. Leave your finances to me, said son of a bitch. There's a very small amount set aside for you. And one asset the government has allowed you to retain. The kids. The children are dependents, Moira. You bought a small town in 1991. I bought that as a joke for my son. You can live there for next to nothing until you get back on your feet. Oh, you're, you're the uh, mayor we're supposed to meet. That's right. So if you're looking for a nasty kiss, it's mine. You have a couple of sweets. No, this guy. This is a motel, so we cater more to off-road truckers and drunk teenagers. This God. place is a dump. I it's cried. a dump. You know what? It's a hellhole. This wine is awful. Give me another glass. God. I don't want to be just written off as some gorgeous airhead, you know? This is my town, and you're going to play by my rules now. I'm just messing with you, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> or am I? Johnny Rose, my wife Moira. Hi. Oh, I love your complexion. The next TV show that we are going to review in this podcast is one that has that premiered in 2015 on the Pop Network and recently was acquired by Netflix and has really seen a resurgence in popularity uh, and really fueled the last season winning so many awards and basically having uh, Emmy history by winning every category for a television show that they're nominated for. Uh, Only TV show to do that, I believe, uh, in modern history. Uh, But in the sitcom Schitt's Creek, a wealthy couple, video store magnate Johnny and his soap opera star wife Moira, suddenly find themselves completely broke. With only one remaining asset, a small town called Schitt's Creek, which the Roses bought years earlier as a joke, this once wealthy couple must give up life as they know it to move to Schitt's Creek. And Schitt's Creek is the brainchild of Dan Levy and Eugene Levy. Sorry. Um, they created an amazing show here. And, and it's the formula is very familiar. Um, but it also stars Annie Murphy as Alexis Rose, Sarah Levy as Twyla Sands, so Eugene Levy's daughter, uh, Emily Hampshire as Stevie Budd, and of course, Catherine O'Hara as Moira Rose, Noah Reed as Patrick Brewer, and Chris Elliott as Mayor Roland Shit, and Jennifer Robertson as Jocelyn Shit, his wife. So the Roses in the beginning of the first season, this is a five-season show, all on Netflix currently at this point. You can also buy the full set on DVD or Blu-ray. I believe the DVD is under $40 right now. I would highly recommend it. Um, Basically, Eugene Levy's character, Johnny Rose, bought David as a joke one year uh, the town of Schitt's Creek. And they were lucky that they had that because if they hadn't, their accountant would have made them completely broke and they would have had nothing. But as a joke, he bought this town for David and it ends up being their saving grace as the town welcomes them with open arms and the wacky characters in the show are just incredible. And, you know, it's very witty. 
It, the writing is incredible. Chris Elliott as Roland shit, which is a great play on words there, uh, is hilarious. Um, Emily Hampshire, who plays Stevie Bud, she's her dry wit and her humor is really a great thing on that show. But I have to say the best character by far on this show is David Rose. Every line that he delivers is just dynamite, is hilarious, is just fantastic. And he learns a lot of his skill from his father, Eugene Levy. Eugene Levy has been in the business for many, many years. He's fantastic in this show, too. Catherine O'Hara is amazing as Moira Rose. She actually became only the third actress in history to win every award she was nominated for for Schitt's Creek Season uh, 4, I believe. And it is just an amazing, an amazing show. Really well done. Highly recommend that you watch it. It is on Netflix now. It is being syndicated everywhere now. Um, and actually, there were six seasons. Let me correct myself there. Um 93% on Rotten Tomatoes, 8.5 out of 10 on IMDb, 8.6 out of 10 on TV.com. I rate this. This is a four-star show in my book. It is. It gets better and better as it goes along. It is a slow burner at first with the first season because you have to really establish these characters and what they're going through. But highly recommend you watch it. Uh, it is not a show for children. Uh, it is TVMA. Uh, so mind when you watch that. It's a little bit different in Canada. It's an 80-episode show that was spread over six seasons, all uh, on CBC, Canadian television, uh, but picked up by Pop TV and was just a sensational show. Highly recommend it. Coaches here, they're expected to be role models. Do not screw this up. Marvin Korn is going from the NCAA to some fancy high school. Personally, I think it's all a big mistake, but I'm prepared to make the best of it. Holly Barrett, assistant coach. Marvin Korn, any advice? These girls are going to lead the world someday. Fall in. Some of them can be a bit much. I'm sorry, are you chewing gum? This is Westbrook. We won't respond to my way or the highway. It's my job to help you improve. I'm going to teach you my system of basketball from the ground up. Smaller steps, but faster. Is the whistle really necessary? Yes, it really is. Okay. I figured it'd be rough, but this is next level. If we all just quit, they fire him. I think he wants to be a good person. When they said you were coming, that meant something. I was excited. All I care about is basketball. Dad, he sees me playing either at Stanford or UCLA. It's about making my father proud. After watching you play, I truly believe that we could do something special. But we're just getting started. Oh, that'd be a good boomerang. Do it again. <laughs> You're connecting with these girls. No, stop it. I just wanted to say thank you for caring. John F. Kennedy said, We do this not because it is easy, but because it is hard. That was about the moon. You try your very best. You have the potential to be great. Let's go win a basketball game. Our next show that we will be reviewing is Big Shot. Starring John Stamos, Jessalyn Gilsig, Sophia Schloss, Cricket Wampler, and Yvette Brown. Created by Brad Garrett, David E. Kelly, and Dean Laurie. The show is about a temperamental college basketball coach who gets fired from his job and must make a teaching and coaching job work at an elite all-girls private high school. So a little bit of background on the show. David E. Kelly, believe it or not, is uh, behind this show is on Disney Plus, starring John Stamos as Marvin Korn, a legendary coach who has won national championships, but gets embroiled in controversy when he uh, 
physically assaults a referee during a game while coaching at the University of Wisconsin. He throws a chair and severely injures the referee, resulting in his termination from his job and sullies his reputation severely to where nobody will touch him. And his agent gets him the only job he can working at an all-girls private high school in California. It is a very interesting show. Um, You know, it it is... uh, John Stamos in a role that we don't normally see him in. Um, You know, he's definitely branching out from being, you know, his Uncle Jesse days with uh, Full House. Uh, and really is taking leaps and bounds with uh, with his um, with his career, and is very good in this show. Yeah, you know, I I think the show overall is is okay. Um, it is um, it's a slow mover. Sometimes, I mean, they're about 45 minute episodes each. We're on, uh, I think it's eighth episode, which I believe I'll watch this evening. Um, but you know, he's trying to better the basketball program with his approach. And, you know, not only are the girls learning something from him, he's learning something from them and really learning how to really examine his own life and what he's done. Um, you know, to make sure that, uh, I mean, they learn from each other is, is the bottom line on this show. Um, it is a 10 episode season, so we only have a few episodes left of this show. Uh, I'm interested to see where it's going to go. I'm pretty confident it's going to be renewed by Disney plus. It's one of their higher rated shows. And with the star power of Brad Garrett and David E. Kelly, uh, this is, I believe, Brad Garrett's first shot at a major show, writing for that. So there's a, a little bit of comedy, a little bit of drama, and it has sports involved. So a really good winning combination there. I just think the show's lacking something, and I really am, I'm going to have to figure out what that lacking is in the show. But it is, it's engaging to watch, it's good to watch, but it's not like, oh my gosh, I have to run home and watch this show. It's Oh, big shots on. Let's go. Let's I see there's a new episode. Let's watch it. So, you know, they need to, you know, kind of figure out what their hook is on this. Um, but John Stamos does a good job in this. I can't fault him for uh for this show. It's it is an entertaining show to watch. Uh I would give it three out of four stars. Uh if you have Disney Plus, it's definitely worth a watch. And it is a family-appropriate show. It's rated TVPG. So check it out when you get the chance. Hey, don't forget sunscreen. You know we play indoors, right? That's what SPF 15 is for. Come on, let's go. We're late. The Ducks are a powerhouse organization. The record 10 state championships. A little different than the Ducks of the 90s. I gotta cut you. I mean, at this stage, if you can't be great at hockey, don't bother. Don't bother? Mom, please. Shouldn't kids be able to play sports for fun? Stephanie, you brought two private trainers to your kids' hockey practice. Oh, I'm a pediatric sports psychologist. Ah, okay. We are out of here. The Ducks don't get to take hockey away from you. Stories without a few letdowns are boring. I want you to think about all the other kids who've been told that they're too small or too slow. They just want to get out there and play. Freaks. Is he doing a trick? Let's start our own team. Look at this. Your first teammate. I would not be an acid physically. I have more of a podcast body. In order to be a team, you just have to have a home rink and a coach. What about Gordon Bombay? Gordon Bombay? Gordon Bombay. I'm guessing you didn't see the sign. I hate hockey, and I don't like kids. You run an ice rink. Weird, huh? You are losers. We're not losers. Did you not just see that? Do your job. Arrest someone. We both know. 
makes such a big difference with these kids. I spent my entire life chasing hockey, and I have absolutely nothing to show for it. You have us. Your path was running easy when the feeling was sore. It always felt like I was just hanging on. But not anymore. You have taken too much crap for too long. Not where I thought I would be. But I'm trying to do something different here. This is bigger than hockey. This is about you standing up for yourself. they fall down but it's how many times they pick themselves back up you gotta make this happen for yourself <laughs> guys come on now don't get discouraged okay that's why we watch game tape to get better it's like a master class in second Our next TV show that we will review on this podcast is the highly anticipated Mighty Ducks Game Changers, starring Lauren Graham, Brady Noon, Maxwell Simpkins, and Emilio Estevez, created by Stephen Brill, Josh Goldsmith, and Kathy Yespa. After failing to make the cut to join the now powerhouse Mighty Ducks junior hockey team, 12-year-old Evan's mother encourages him to form a new team of underdogs with help from Gordon Bombay, the Ducks' original coach, called the Don't Bothers. So Evan is in, has been with the Ducks and is going through practice and they are doing their cuts for the next season and Evan doesn't make the cut and he the coach basically tells him, if you can't play hockey at 15 years old or 16 years old, or however old they are, don't bother. And that's how the mother creates the team, the don't bothers. And at first, this team is horrendously bad. And it's basically all the losers, rejects, and misfits that you can find. And they're a terrible hockey team. And they lose every game very badly in the beginning. But as they become a team and learn the aspects of the game from Gordon Bombay and from Evan's mother, played by Lauren Graham. Um, let me just see if I can find that. The, you know, they learn to become a better team. Alex Morrow is her name. And then Evan Morrow's Brady Noon is the actor who plays Evan. Um, so they learn from each other along the way, and it really, you know, Gordon Bombay, when um, when first introduced is, you know, to Alex, he's a very angry man. Uh, hockey has been, done nothing but take things away from him. He now owns an arena called the Ice Palace that he inherited from his good friend, if uh, I believe it's from the Mighty Ducks 2. And so he runs the rink, but doesn't allow hockey on the rink. And, you know, Alex Morrow breaks down Gordon Bombay enough to where and tells him, we'll pay you to rent the rink. And that right there tells. Gordon Bombay, he can pay the bills at night, and so they agree to a trial run. Well, the more this team gets better and the more they are, are at the, the Ice Palace, you know, it breaks down Gordon Bombay's walls uh, and really does, you know, change Gordon Bombay into who he was and really how great of a hockey mind that he has. But it also gives uh, Alex Morrow, who's been stepped on her entire life professionally, personally, it gives her an opportunity to stand up for herself. Really is a great show in, in that. Where it lacks, at least right now, 
I'm going to see uh, the next episode tonight, and I believe this might be the last episode, or next to last episode, uh, is tonight, that I'll be watching that. Um, it's very predictable right now. I really hope that there's a change somewhere that changes the predictability, because right now, you know, I'm not going to go into detail, because if you haven't watched the show, I don't want to give anything away. But it's very predictable right now. Um, as you, you know, as with the Mighty Ducks movies, the Don't Bothers get better. And that's really all as far as I will go on that. Um, but the Mighty Ducks Game Changers, I would give that also three stars out of four. It's worth, you know, seeking out. It is also a family show rated TVPG. If you've watched any of the Mighty Ducks films growing up or your kids like the Mighty Ducks, this is a perfect series for them. And I believe the last episode in the 10 episode set is scheduled for this Friday. Um, but they will have all 10 episodes available on Disney plus go seek it out. Video stores have all but disappeared. I mean, look at the James Bond section. Every James Bond movie. Every Avatar movie, because, you know, there's just the one so far. Hey, late fees. Well, I understand that you had to do it. Otherwise, people just keep those videos. I know I did. I know I did. <laughs> Meet Sandy. The Blockbuster Mom. So um, when I started in 2004, um, Blockbuster Video had nine, roughly 9,000 stores and over 60,000 employees. Um, and now... Do I miss renting from a physical store? No, absolutely not. I don't think anybody does. We just need Pacific Video to send us a notice that they are exercising their fourth and final renewal option. So yeah. That kind of scared me a little bit. I mean, how long until companies don't even make DVDs, period? Then I don't know what. Um... Did you know that Blockbuster had a chance to buy Netflix, but they didn't? Now that, to me, is crazy. It is truly the last standing bastion of a bygone era. Hey, that's cool, you know? That the last blockbuster in existence is right here in my hometown. If there's some cats in Oregon still scratching it out, you know, with Be Kind, Rewind, nothing wrong with that. That's beautiful. We now review the last blockbuster, which was a documentary that I heard about um, that Kevin actually through Kevin Smith uh, because he was a part of the last blockbuster documentary. But then uh, hearing more about it as it was coming out, um, found out what it really is about, and. The Last Blockbuster is a documentary that came out late last year, but really has picked up in popularity. Thankfully, um, Netflix picked it up and put it on their platform, but it is about the last remaining Blockbuster video store located in Bend, Oregon. And it goes through uh, Sandy, who is the, who they call the Blockbuster mom. She has worked at this Blockbuster since 2004. So 17 years she's been at that Blockbuster video and it has been renewed several times to continue to be a Blockbuster and it is the last Blockbuster known in existence. The ones in Alaska finally closed down and around the country and other locations those all have closed down. Now there are probably some mom and pop video stores left, not many of them. Um, but this is the last blockbuster video and how crazy this is, is she has the original computers from when they opened in 2004 and they are still working to this day. And I worked at a blockbuster growing up for one year 
And those computers were DOS-based and archaic and slow sometimes, and sometimes they would act weird and they wouldn't work properly. And pain in the ass is basically what I would say. Um, But it is a the last Blockbuster documentary is a great nostalgic look at Blockbuster. It not only goes into what the last Blockbuster is in Bend, Oregon, goes into the company and how the company went from a company with over 9,000 stores in 2004 to one today. And it also goes into the story about the rumors about Blockbuster buying out Netflix or had the opportunity to. Uh, it goes into some clarity about that. And it also has all uh, several actors that reminisce about uh, what Blockbuster meant to them growing up. And it also goes through a couple of the of Sandy's regular customers, and what and that they still rent movies from her to you know to this day, and it is an incredible you know look down memory lane for me because I remember uh, we had a local video store that was called Video Station in uh, Greenbrier Town Center, which what's now Greenbrier Town Center. Then that turned into Power Video. And that was before Blockbuster came in. On the other end, when they built, expanded the shopping center, Blockbuster came in and was the store on the end. Uh, and then Blockbuster, you know, slowly pulled business away from Power Video and all these other mom and pop stores and Errol's Video, which was another video store. Uh, and then Blockbuster expanded. I remember in this area in Northern Virginia, Franklin Farm ended up getting one, uh, Union Mill. And Centerville got one. Uh, and slowly all these mom and pop stores went out of business. Because I do remember there was a video store in Fairfax City that we would use that we used to rent videos from uh, with my dad. And um, those stores are all gone. But this store remains to this day, and it is an inspiration, really, uh, and dedication from uh, this woman. Uh, Sandy, she has an incredible dedication to her customers and really does a great job in keeping that hope alive. Now, when everything goes digital, which eventually will happen, I don't know if it'll happen in my lifetime or not, but whenever it goes digital, that's when it's going to be a problem for her uh, as the last blockbuster and blockbuster in general is all about physical copies of movies, games, TV shows, all sorts of things. Cause I remember when blockbuster finally closed up shop in Leesburg, uh, and all the Northern Virginia locations all closed down. My movie collection grew tremendously from that. So, uh, so that's one good thing anyway. Um, but it's a really nice documentary. Uh, I, I really liked it. Three out of four stars. It's available on Netflix. Uh, it's also available on demand. If you don't have Netflix, you can purchase it. I believe it's $5 or something like that. Uh, it might be at Redbox. I'm not sure uh, if it's at Redbox right now. But if you remember Blockbuster Video and you want to be reminisced about it, this is a great documentary. Or if you want to show your kids that don't know anything about it, Great documentary to, to catch up on. So now we dive into the latest movie theater news and drive-in related news. Uh, entertainment news, I guess, is what you could call it. Um, it is with great pleasure to announce that all movie theater chains are reopening as of June 1st. Uh, so Cinemark... AMC, uh, Regal Cinemas, trying to think what else I'm missing. If Icon, any of these other, and uh, Alamo Draft House, basically all major chain movie theaters are opening up, and for good reason. They're going to get content galore in starting in June. Uh, we're going to see a lot of content come back. Um, in the movie theaters, um, just to name a few movies that are coming out, uh, Peter Rabbit, the runaway is coming out, uh, in the Heights, which is 
Lin-Manuel Miranda's highly anticipated musical. I know it's also going to be on uh, HBO Max, but it will be released in theaters as well. Also, The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It, very highly anticipated movie, will also be in theaters as well as HBO Max. The Hitman Wife's Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard. Sorry, let me correct myself there. That also comes out in June. Um, let me see what else we got. I think those are pretty much all of the major. And then there's a movie called Fatherhood that's coming out. I know people are talking about that. Um, those are all your June. And then, of course, Fast and Furious 9 comes out. Uh, the Misfits, that also comes out. Um, but yeah, movies are coming back in a big way. Uh, and starting in June, you're going to see, uh, you're going to see a summer movie season. It's not going to be nearly as grand, I don't think as in other years, but we're still seeing movies come out in July. Right now we have Black Widow, Jungle Cruise, uh, Space Jam, A New Legacy starring LeBron James, The Tomorrow War. Nine days. Uh, Disney's, or I don't know, I think I think this is not Disney Cinderella. This is a new, a reimagined story of Cinderella. It's not a Disney version of that. And then Escape Room Two is also, uh, and Cruella Deville, uh, Cruella the Origin movie is coming out this Friday. Uh, so we've got a lot of good movies coming out, and they're going to continue to come out. Uh, movie theaters, uh, movie companies are going to be really, you know, packing in as many movies as possible since, you know, they've got a long way to make up revenue from the last year. So we're going to see a lot of different movies. A lot of movies that were shelved are going to come out. Um, you know, we're going to see the highly anticipated movies come out. James Bond is finally going to be out in October, I believe. Uh, October or November, I'll double check that. Um, so it's going to be a very good second half to the movie season. I do think the Oscar race will also change. Um, you know, they changed some of their, uh, guidelines this year to have streaming movies in the conversation. I think now that movie theaters are reopening, they might reconsider that and we'll, we'll keep an eye on that. Uh, but it's great news for the industry, you know, as restrictions are being lifted. I know in Virginia this Friday, masks um, are already lifted, but uh, capacities will be lifted. So there will be no social distancing. Um, you can wear a mask if you want to. I believe right now they're trying to reward that in the Virginia law uh, for people that are concerned about mask wearing. Um, but really most if not all restrictions will be gone uh, as of May 28th in most states. And that's a welcoming change. But if you haven't been vaccinated yet, I encourage you to get vaccinated. I got the Pfizer shot. My wife got the Pfizer shot. My whole family got the Pfizer shot. But it doesn't matter what brand you get, whether it's Pfizer, Moderna, or Johnson & Johnson, get your shot. It will protect you from being severely sick with this virus, please check your local uh, government agencies, get local counties. Like just for example, Loudoun County has a uh, vaccination center at the old Nordstrom's and Dulles Town Center. You can walk right in right now and get a, a vaccine, no problem. So it is available to you. It is a, it is provided by the government, please go get it. It's free. You don't have to pay anything, but I encourage you if you want to live your life like you did before COVID, definitely seek out a vaccine. So the Academy Awards were a few weeks ago, and I just wanted to give everybody my opinion on the winners and you know, where the Academy goes from here, it was a very strange Oscars ceremony. It was bizarre and 
very, very slow at times. Um, but of course, the big winner was Nomad Land, won Best Picture, Best Actress, Best Director. Um, you know, Chloe Zhao uh, made Oscar history. Um, Nomad Land, I've seen it. You know, I, I just think there were better movies last year. No offense to Chloe Zhao and uh, Francis McDormand, who was good in the movie. I just felt that there were better pictures out there. Uh, I believe it definitely should have been included in the conversation. But to win, mm, I, I just don't see it. You know, I've watched it twice. It's a very depressing film. And the subject matter is heartbreaking to watch at times. Um, but Nomadland is your winner. Best Actor was a shock. A lot of people thought Chadwick Boseman was going to win for Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. He did not. It was Anthony Hopkins for The Father playing a man suffering from Alzheimer's and showing the effects of that and how it affected his family and how it affects him. Very just looks like I have not seen it. I need to see the movie, but looks very, very heartbreaking to watch as well. Seems to be a theme this year with the Oscars. Best actress, of course, Frances McDormand. She joins Rare Company in winning three Oscars. She won also for Fargo and for three billboards outside of, uh, I think, Ebbing, Missouri. I could have that wrong, but <laughs> I know she's won three Oscars. Congratulations to her. Daniel Kaluuya, Best Supporting Actor for Judas and the Black Messiah. Well-deserved. Thought he should have been in the, cat the conversation for Best Actor, but here we are, Best Supporting Actor. And Best Supporting Actress, Yu Jung Yoon from Minari, which I, I have to see Minari now. Um, best Adapted Screenplay was The Father. Best Original Screenplay was Promising Young Woman. Best Animated Feature was Soul. Best Documentary was My Octopus Teacher. Best International Feature was Another Round from Denmark, which they... I've heard now they're making a film, an Americanized version of that with Leonardo DiCaprio, which will be interesting. Best cinematography was Mank. Best costume design and best makeup and hairstyling went to Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Best film editing, which includes sound, I believe now, is Sound of Metal, which if you haven't seen that movie, see that movie. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, or no, they do have a best sound uh, Oscar as well. Um, best original score was Soul and John Baptiste wins his first Oscar. Best original song was Fight for You from Judas and the Black Messiah from her. Best production design was Mank. Best sound, of course, Sound of Metal. Best visual effects was Tenant. Best documentary short was Colette. Best animated short was If Anything Happens. I Love You. Best live-action short was Two Distant Strangers, and the Humanitarian Award was given to Tyler Perry. So an interesting Oscars was very diverse, um, and which is what the Oscars need to be. It is what the Golden Globes need to be. Uh, Golden Globes have been a white boys club, pardon the pun, but it, that's what it is. It is a a white man's club for the longest time and they are suffering an identity crisis after NBC pulled its support for the awards ceremony. They need to get diverse. Otherwise they're not going to be relevant anymore. And they're only, they only have 89 members of the national Hollywood foreign press, which I think is kind of ridiculous that 89 people determine who wins a best picture or a best actor or actress or director. But they're not becoming as relevant as they used to be. And they used to be a good barometer for the Oscars. They're just not anymore. There needs to be changes made there to include diversity, to include different films. I think the Oscars are headed in the right direction there, but they've still got some work to do. And I just thought the telecast was a train wreck. And 
They need to go back to the roots of what the telecast is about. It is not about the awards themselves as, as great as they are. Uh, you need to entertain your audience that is watching because Hollywood recognizing themselves and not having any entertainment value is not going to have, it's not going to be good moving forward for the Oscars, you know, to, to even be telecast at that point, it will be a footnote in, you know, online social media or whatever. But, um, but yeah, Hollywood in general is, is, is at a crossroads here. You know, they need to get diversity into all aspects of Hollywood and there needs to be more to try to get those minorities to the table. And we need to expand our horizons. There are other movies out there. I mean, last year um, was the start of this expanding uh, to include diverse films. And we need to continue to do that. I thank you all so much for listening in the United States and around the world, such as Germany, the United Kingdom, and beyond. Uh, I really appreciate everybody's support for this podcast. Please visit the podcast webpage. Uh, and if you feel so inclined, please donate so that we can improve our podcast equipment and start uh, getting quality interviews here. Uh, we are reaching out to several uh, Hollywood actors to try to get them on the show, and we'll hopefully hear back from them soon. On the next podcast, we are going to complete the Oscar Best Picture nominee list from this past year with Minari the father and promising young woman. We will also be reviewing the highly anticipated film, the conjuring three, the devil made me do it starring Patrick Wilson and Vera Formiga. We are very excited to see that one. Hopefully we will be seeing that at the family drive-in theater that has reopened under new management. And we are seeking out an interview with them. Hopefully that will be also on the next podcast to talk to them uh, and see how things are going so far. And we will see you all the next podcast. Thank you very much. And keep watching the movies.